You're listening to Fire Ecology Chats, a podcast series by the Association for Fire Ecology. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bob Keane. I'm the editor of the journal Fire Ecology, which is sponsored by the Association of Fire Ecology, AFI. This is the Fire Ecology podcast, Fire Ecology Chats. Today, we are honored to have the author of a very, very interesting paper, both Camille Stevens-Ruman and Penny Morgan have written this paper in fire ecology called Tree Regeneration Following Wildfires in the Western U.S. This is a huge subject today because a lot of people are looking at tree regeneration as a possible indicator of climate change and so on. And Camille and Penny have perused the literature and they're going to tell us what they found. Good morning, Camille. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, Camille, you want to tell us something about yourself? Yeah, I have done many a study on tree regeneration myself and in doing that research and and looking at, you know, kind of this growing body of literature, Penny and I thought it would be really important for us to kind of get a sense of what many people are finding across the Western US and really across Western North America to get a sense of what we what are the general trends and what are we finding across these fairly large landscapes. Oh very interesting. So you got me. So can you let us know what, what, what did you find with this literature search? So uh, I think the, the big take home that we found is that there are a lot of people who are finding uh, places where few or no tree seedlings are establishing, um, especially on in those areas that are kind of at lower elevation or hotter and drier sites. And, you know, the, the reason for this is is a number of factors, and those include things like how far of a, that a particular site is from uh, a living tree, you know, distance to seed source. That is, is one of those things that is really coming out in a lot of the literature. Another really common factor that's, that's definitely been growing in the last couple of years, I think as we were writing this, you know, every week there was a new paper on this, it seemed like, um, is the effect that climate change is having on the ability of these ecosystems to regenerate. And that seems to be particularly true in, again, those dry forests that are maybe already on the edge of, uh, of where forests might be. Um, and then there are other things that are concerning that are growing in this, um, in this area where places might not be regenerating. And those are things like repeated disturbances, some cases, there might be bark beetles and fire, though the literature was a little bit mixed on the effect of, of bark beetle disturbance before a fire. Um, and certainly areas that are having repeated high severity fires in short intervals was another really key driving factor of areas having no tree regeneration. Um, and then I think, you know, you get into a lot of site variables also that become really, um, uh, really important that are really variable how people measure them and what measure they are measured, even though we all know they're important, like soils and um, aspect and elevation and things like that. But those were kind of the big driving factors that we found. Yeah, I was amazed of the diverse factors that would uh, govern tree regeneration from the high uh, subalpine or upper subalpine, almost in the timberline. It looked to be snow and the absence of snow that is facilitating uh, tree regeneration, and then of course lower in the yellow, it could be the solar radiation and so on. Uh, so, what what role do you think species, tree species, have in this? Yeah, I mean, I think you know all tree species are adapted to different fire regimes and different um, climate conditions. 
that might influence how they regenerate. I think one of the common species that a lot of us think, think about as being a good regenerator is something like logical pine. And we're not seeing climate change or uh, distance to seed source driving um, tree regeneration in logical pine since it's serotonous and really likes those high severity fires. In other species like ponderosa pine, uh, there is more of an, uh, and Douglas fir even, there is more of an impact on that distance to seed source and climate because they tend to occupy those drier and hotter sites in general. So yeah, uh, species can have a big impact on that. Yeah, right. Huh. So uh, what about the time uh, that you use to evaluate? Uh, the, what was the time limit at which you decided that uh, regeneration was a failure or a success? How long? How many years? Yeah, we. Um, you know, I mean, in this review, we kind of just looked at all of the literature and how they presented the results, and so it was somewhat variable. I mean, in some cases. Some of those studies were as short as one, a couple years, you know, two to three years. In other cases, um, you know, they were looking at 20 plus years post fire. Um, or even, I think we had a couple papers in there that were 40 to 50 years post fire. Um, and so it was really trying to get at, you know, what are the, what are people saying about what they're finding and, um, how, how does that match with other data? We didn't exclude studies that were, um, at shorter time intervals, though certainly there is a big impact on whether or not we can say we're truly seeing a lack of tree regeneration and, you know, long term on those sites if, it, if you're looking at those shorter time periods. Mm, yeah, right. I work with a species, whitebark pine, that you can't evaluate it over a, a decade or two. You really have to evaluate regeneration over a long time because it's both bird dispersed and in a really, you know, uh, snowy environment. So I know that that time uh, component is very important. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about your study? Uh, how, how are managers going to use this information or scientists, uh, this valuable uh, literature review? Yeah, so, you know, this, um, this project was, a, or this review was a part of a joint fire science um, program grant that was used to, um, that, that we did a lot of manager outreach and had workshops with uh, different stakeholders in the areas that we had kind of the most research in. Um, and we found, we, we kind of developed a, a way to include um, more climate considerations in, um, in planting guidelines. Because I think one of the ways that we can think about this is there's all these places that are naturally regenerating and we, and, you know, have this growing body of work that looks at natural regeneration. And I think the next step for managers is thinking about what we do with those places that are not regenerating. Um, do we choose to plant trees if they're not coming back naturally? You know, what are the decisions that we should be making in deciding to plant trees? And so we, we tried to really, um, make it a collaborative effort with these different um, groups, you know, people like vegetation, revegetation specialists and civiculturists and um, things like that within different national forests to talk about how to include climate better, as well as these other factors that we found um, as being really important. And so we created a bit of a decision tree that's much more um, broad scale, you know, thinking about if you're going to be thinking about these factors that we looked at, here's a way to kind of prioritize your landscape a bit more um, versus just trying to go out and plant in places that 
you might not have as much tree regeneration success even in planted tree seedlings. Okay, yeah, very nice, huh? Uh, thanks for doing this. Do you want to um, uh, acknowledge any people or institutions in particular? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, as I mentioned, this was a project funded by the Joint Fire Science Program, and, you know, Penny Morgan and I worked on this. Um, as a part of that grant, and uh, the workshops were really um, led by um, Jared Blades and with the help of Carrie Kemp as well. Um, so it was kind of a multi-university and institution um, process. So it was really wonderful getting to work with all the national forests we did, primarily in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. And, you know, the institutions that we all work for, including the University of Idaho, Colorado State University, and the Nature Conservancy. Okay, well, I want to thank you very much, Camille. It was a, it's been a wonderful, I'm learning about this wonderful paper. I hope people pick it up and read it. It has very valuable information, and I thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me.